Hello, and welcome to The Couch. I am Dr. Carmen, and you are on The Couch with Dr. Carmen, where we discuss all things related to mental health and physical health, as well as lifestyle changes that aid in both of those things. This month, the month of September 2022, we will be discussing the psychology of money. Uh, the reason that this episode came about is because of some changes that have been happening and some other media that I have been um, exposed to lately. The first thing is the changing of the student loan debt, um, most recently with allowing debtors to um be forgiven $20,000, up to $20,000 in student loans. If you have a lot of debt, um, like most psychologists do, most doctors do, and other professions where it requires several years of schooling, um, this can be very beneficial. Um, and as a minority Black woman um, who, you know, has had some dealings with this, which I will talk about in a few minutes, um, I thought it was important to talk about the psychology of money to help people understand how that can cause you to make decisions or delay making changes or impact you negatively as far as things you want to do with your career, with your family, especially if you are a minority um, in gender, or in uh, race, um, these things are more impactful for those kinds of people because we don't have some advantages that others do. And mainly I'm speaking about socioeconomic advantages. The second thing was that I was consuming a podcast called Get Wealthy with Deborah Owens, and she had a guest on, uh, Lynette Kalfani Cox, who is the author of Debt Free, and they were discussing some of these very issues. So I wanted to expand on that thought, and I thought it would be better to do that over um, four episodes, which I usually do one episode a week. Um, for four weeks in the month. So that's what this is about. Let's get on the couch, get comfy, um, grab your favorite beverage, and let's get into it. So about the student loan debt and that part of my story, which I, you know, I don't think I've shared with all of you, but um, as I said, I've gone through several years of schooling, including undergrad, postdoc, um, graduate school for a master's in social work, and then an additional um, four years, five years for a doctorate degree with a master's included um, for psychology. So uh, as you can imagine, that requires a lot of student loan debt to pay for those things, even though, um, to be fully honest, I went to undergrad school on a scholarship. Um, I was what was known as the Taylor's kid. I was one of the first group that had the Taylor scholarship in Louisiana. And that was based on SAT scores and basically gave us room and board, 
free meal plan um, in the dormitory and paid for our education. It didn't pay for books. I had other scholarships from sororities, from um, American Legion, from, um, you know, from Eastern Stars to have help with some of those things along the way. Plus, my parents and my grandmother provided where needed. But unlike many people in a different socioeconomic status, I did not have parents who could put my student um, tuition, put my tuition on a credit card or could pay it outright. I did not have parents who could, um, when I went to graduate school, afford to purchase a home and have me rented out so that I could earn wealth at the same time that I was earning my education so that I could have rent controlled living situations. So other than undergraduate school and social work school, I still had to work to pay for school. And honestly, I also had a job while I was in undergraduate school just to supplement because I didn't want to only rely on the scholarship. And like I said, there were areas that the scholarship did not cover. So I worked retail at Macy's. I worked in the student cafeteria on campus. So I did these things in addition to my scholarship. And when I finished um, and went on to my MSW school, um, I was still working. Uh, I joke that um, Dillard's department store paid for my social work degree and my graduate school degree. Um, I joke that way, but it's not really a joke because I had to take on another job to help pay my rent. I had to take on another job to help pay my expenses um, and, you know, help with tuition. So I didn't have those advantages of someone having a family coming from some means and circumstances in order to absorb the cost of college. And that meant I had over $100,000 actually over $150,000 in debt, even with Pell Grants um, for the social work school when I came out. Now, I thought I had chosen a profession that would allow me to make that money back and pay off the student loans. But in fact, again, because of my minority status, things didn't exactly work the same way they worked with my counterparts who are from families of means and majority culture. So again, I'm gonna say some things that may be triggering, that may make some people feel uncomfortable, but the reality is that without certain connections, I could not go out and start my own practice right out of school, like some of my counterparts did. I could not you know, pay my student loan debt and pay for a roof over my head and a car and other medical expenses straight out of school, I couldn't feel comfortable. I couldn't feel like I was unburdened. It was hanging over my head like an anvil. Um, it is still there. I had accepted in graduate school the first time that I would be paying this off until you know my old age, because that is what some of the um, professors in grad school told me, it's okay. Everybody's paying that off until they die. That's fine. 
And it's even better if you have a means of getting some relief from that debt and actually working at a profession that will allow you, afford you to make that money back. Um, and also have the connections to get the jobs that will allow you to make that money back. That is not what I encountered. And I would venture to say that most other people of color in my position, not just in graduate school for psychology, but for other jobs as well, where they had to invest a lot in their education in order to get the you know master's degree and so forth, um, they can't just easily slide into a money-making situation. Um, they are going to start out with a lot of a lot more debt than their majority counterparts. Um, just as Elizabeth Warren said, there's a lot of limitations to being able to build wealth and to be able to forward, you know, put your family on a forward foot and earn wealth and be a part of society and be productive if you start off on your back foot, if you start off with your hands tied behind your back or a lead weight chaining you down um, as you're trying to move forward and do better. So I also learned, again, from this um, Get Wealthy with Deborah Owens um, podcast that, you know, a majority of Black women also are burdened by this and by debt in general. So what does that do? You know, now that I've got the accreditation, now that I've got the diploma, now that I'm in a profession that's supposed to be high earning, what does that do to you if you, you know, feel shame because you cannot pay your bills, you're struggling to pay your rent, you're struggling to pay your car note, um, Maybe you also have a family to provide for in the meantime, so you cannot seek another job. You're just going to get the job that's going to have the most consistent paycheck. What does that do to you psychologically? It causes a lot of stress, causes a lot of shame. It causes you to have a, a lower sense of self-worth that you're not paying these things off already that you're not earning more that well maybe i don't deserve the big job in the corner office or to have my own practice that last part that was me you know maybe i don't deserve those things or maybe those things are not attainable because i have this weight hanging over my head and I am trying to get out of debt, but when you're in those situations, you're not going to go for the high earning jobs. You're going to be working for someone else and you're not going to have the ability to save either to put yourself in a better position to have money for a down payment on a home. You are just working to pay the bills and to survive. So again, money, the lack of money, the, the, the lack of a ability to get out of debt can be very psychologically damaging and difficult and distressing. So that's why this topic this month, because a lot is going on in the financial world and a lot is going on with us financially being able to do better and get better. So Lynette Calfani-Cox wrote the book, Debt Free, 
Um, and she talks about a lot of techniques. Um, I will put her information in the liner notes. Deborah Owens goes on weekly, I do believe, um, on Facebook, YouTube, um, through the Black Star Network with her Get Wealthy show. She is also a, a wealth coach. Um, so these are some benefits of uh absorbing um, this kind of information because they had information about how to get out of debt, how to think about debt and your financial circumstances differently. Um, the first takeaway from that was that shame of past mistakes can make you think you don't deserve being debt free and that you don't deserve to enjoy the fruits of your labor because you're working all the time to survive. You don't believe that you can enjoy the benefits of the work that you're doing. You know, the benefits being usually being able to afford a home, being able to afford a reliable car. And I'm saying reliable car because honestly, folks, some people just want to have better than a heap of junk car that is breaking down every few weeks um, to rely on to get them and their kids from point A to point B, even though they are steady trying to improve their life, to invest in themselves, to develop themselves further so that they can afford a better lifestyle. So, you know, but if you think that my priority is I have to, you know, keep a roof over my head, you're going to be less likely to afford personal development programs to open your mind up and your wallet up to wealth coaching to job coaching career coaching or even to going back and getting a degree that would pay you more so for people who are you know wanting to be more than a i'll throw out a licensed practical nurse so they can get better pay and better hours and more respect or for people wanting to be more than a physical therapy assistant and again wanting to go for those graduate degrees that are now required for physical therapy and for speech therapy and so forth they're not going to do that if they've got the burden of this other debt on them so the second takeaway was limiting beliefs um not just the limiting beliefs because of your current circumstances and the debt you've accrued, but limiting beliefs that may have come from your upbringing that were implicitly clearly stated and explicitly stated um, from your family, like rich people are uh, rude, relentless, no morals, so I don't want to be rich. I know I'm not the only one, I know I'm not the only one, but that's one limiting belief. I heard another one years ago where um, a person not of color who uh, was Caucasian grew up in a religious family and they were, um, they, they would go in, um, to help out different communities and had to rely on the community for what they needed. So if anything extra came along, um, this female was discouraged from talking about it, from being excited about it, and even from accepting some of these things because 
what would the other people think? We have to stay humble. We can't appear to be having more than the people that we're serving as missionaries. So in her mind, that implicit message turned into to be a missionary, to be godly means that you have to, um, you have to not um, do the things that make you happy. You have to not want extra or to be more or to have more um, money, more, you know, amenities, more extras than the people that you're serving. So she would never try to better her financial situation. She thought she always had to be, you know, poor. So that's that's another limiting belief. Um, but they really got into some of those limiting beliefs. And some of you will have to get into those limiting beliefs to correct them with a wealth coach or a life coach. Um, because those that's why it's limiting. It prevents you from taking the next step to better yourself, to to getting better circumstances, improving your circumstances. The third thing that I got from the broadcast was um, you have debt payoff options. Um, Lynette Calvani Cox offered that we should think about taking baby steps, substitutions, and options. So every time you decrease your debt, you increase your net worth. Get that? Let me say it again. Every time you decrease your debt, you increase your net worth. So when you're in debt, substitutions is an option of hanging, of, of lowering your debt because you may go and get a lower interest rate card um, for that six months or eight month period, whatever they're offering. And it will allow you to pay off the principal instead of just paying the interest so that you can get out of debt quicker because a lot of you are paying minimal payments, but it's going all to the interest. So if you owed $100 and you have $20 of interest, now it's $120, but your minimum payment is $20. So you, you don't get anywhere. It's gonna take you longer and longer to get rid of that debt, which is also part of this new uh, loan forgiveness program that you know, at a certain level, they are going to cap your debt. This is what I understand. Um, if it is more than what you can afford and still be able to live on, survive on. Um, so they're gonna cap your debt at a certain level. They're gonna allow you to also be able to count service, like being a policeman or a fireman or a nurse. Um, in addition to the traditional services like on reservations or in impoverished areas, which typically did not earn you much money. And for some people with families, they could not afford to take those jobs for two years to get out of student loan debt because they had to support themselves. Um, I would love to do those things or be able to have the option of doing a partial um, service to um, less well-served areas in addition to 
earning enough to make a living and to take care of my debts. So that was the beauty of it. But again, the specific example by Lynette Calfani Cox was if you got a new credit card at 17% um, to 0% interest for eight months and made that payment on the principal of your debt, which is, you know, it's the same thing with the student loans. The principal of your debt might have been $150,000 to start with, but by the time you're trying to keep paying it and it keeps accruing interest, it's ballooned to $250,000 and it seems impossible. The monster keeps growing even though you're trying to pay on it. So being able to cut it down in big chunks instead of those little chunks and it keeps growing um, like, you know, some mad science experiment would help you a lot. And as that debt is coming down, your net worth is increasing because you have more money to utilize, to get a loan for a house, to get a loan for a car and so forth. So she said another option was consolidating or going through a debt management or consumer credit counseling program like through NFCC. Um, they use debt they want you to use your debt as a leverage, but not for things. So again, using your debt as a leverage to say, excuse me, I'm a good borrower. I pay on time. So, you know, this coupled with my net worth, I can afford a loan for a house or I can afford a loan for my business or I can afford a loan to get a car so that I can drive my kids from place to place and also drive to work in a reliable car. Um, those are just some examples that I made up. But again, that is the the big takeaway. And the fourth takeaway was try to get free stuff. Um, Lynette Calfani Cox offers some free information advice, just like I do on her podcast. You can look her up. She also is on Instagram. She also, I believe, is on Facebook, so you can catch some of that. You can also go to her website and utilize some of the free materials that she offers in there to try to help you get your head around your debt situation and think of it in a more healthy, productive way instead of this weight that's on your chest or you know, weighing you down day by day by day and keeping you from accomplishing things, keeping you from reaching for the next level for you, the next level for your family. Um, so again, um, do the things that keep you consistent. Um, be consistent in your financial practices. Um, Lynette Kalfani Cox also stated that Consistency is a form of self-love. We might start a budget, start to get some, some light at the end of the tunnel, and then we fall back into old bad habits. Or we might completely pay off our debt with the snowball effect or some other um, method of lowering your debt and then go back into it because you still have that mindset that got you into the debt in the first place. And by that, I mean, you know, deciding to open up a bunch of credit cards so you can get TVs or you can get um, clothes or things like that.